This is Infants on Thrones. Listener Essay. Listener Essay. Listener Essay. Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Ostland, and this is our November 2018 Listener Essay Contest. Where you, the listeners, get to say what you want to say, how you want to say it, where you want to say it, and it is more than a privilege that that where gets to be here, that we get to host these on Infants on Thrones, where so many of us are all infants sitting on different kinds of thrones, right? Today's essay comes from Linda and is titled, Confessions of a Former True Blue Believer. And after you listen, please go to our website and vote for it and provide the author some personal feedback. Winners will be announced in early December. First place gets $200, second place $100, and third place $50. All right, ready, set. All right, go ahead. Confessions of a former true blue believer. You are only free when you realize that you belong no place. You belong every place, no place at all. The price is high, the reward is great. Maya Angelou. What if it's not true? A friend asked me years and years ago. I mean, what if we die and we find out the church wasn't true, that none of it was real? Not possible, I answered her. That is beyond the realm of possibilities. I used to be a believer. I mean, a true blue through and through believer. But recently I made the decision to step away from organized religion and take my spirituality completely into my own hands. This wasn't a decision that I made lightly. Rather, it was a process that occurred over many years with many factors and experiences coming into play. What I thought as I began this transition and what I feel to be true now is that I was and still am on the right path for me. This has nothing to do with anyone else's beliefs or faith. It is my own very personal experience. I know that there are many people who believe that I have become lost, that I've been led astray, wandered from the true path, fallen away, or hardened my heart. Let me just say for the record that I have indeed entered what author Brene Brown calls the wilderness, but I have never felt lost. I have, however, felt alone on many occasions throughout this transition. I alone was making this choice. No one was leading me anywhere. I simply followed my heart where it led me and listened as my intuition spoke and at times screamed at me what the next step on this journey should be. There was no wandering, only earnest, heartfelt searching from, from the depths of my soul about what would be the right thing to do. As far as falling away or hardening my heart, if I did fall, it was a plunge into the deepest parts of myself that I had neglected for far too long. And if my heart became hardened to certain things, it was also softened to a great many things as well. No transition is ever clean or easy. No journey is completely smooth and trouble-free. In my leaving, I have made and continue to make mistakes. Emotions rise up and complicate everything, and as hard as I try to maintain my inner calm, at times I experience anger, sadness, anxiety, and frustration. I feel like this is a normal reaction to any major life event. As I said before, there are a number of factors that come into play 
in my decision to transition away from organized religion. Without getting too personal, I want to share or confess some of the reasons for my departure. I will use the term the divine to refer to what others may call God or the universe. Any term that people want to use is fine with me. This is just the one I chose to use for now. Confession number one, I wanted off the merry-go-round. For three years, I was able to observe the workings of my religion from an outsider's perspective. This was a unique opportunity for me to experience what I called invisibility within the congregation. I felt that this was a gift offered to me by the divine that allowed me to gain perspective that otherwise would not have been afforded me. Being an observer gave me the freedom to study and pursue what my heart longed to learn more about and to focus on my own growth and spirituality rather than preparing and teaching lessons from a specific manual or assigned lesson book as had previously been the case. I often stated that I felt like I had been taken off the merry-go-round and for the first time I was allowed to sit on a bench and watch it spin rather than be the one doing the spinning. From that vantage point, I could see that most of my time spent in religious activities added up to a lot of spinning and not a lot of authentic interactions or deep connections. Confession number two, I wanted to take a stand. Being the mother of one gay child and one queer child was a great learning opportunity for me and a very important part of my faith journey. My views on homosexuality, morality, marriage, parenting, families, and many other topics were touched by my experiences raising and supporting my sons. I came to reject the idea that any group of people was superior to or more worthy than any other group of people. I believe that the divine loves and honors each person exactly as they are, and that no one should ever be shamed, rejected, or ignored because of who they are at their core. Through many painful situations that my sons had to endure, I learned that even those who profess to love and follow God can be cruel, insensitive, and judgmental. Belonging to a religion doesn't make a person righteous or good, and belonging to no religion doesn't make a person unrighteous or bad. I found myself more and more gravitating toward those who had been through hard things, suffered injustices, been misjudged or mistreated, and who had come out the other side softer and more compassionate. As it turned out, many of those people were not the ones I attended meetings with on Sundays. Confession number three, I considered other religions. In my three-year period of studying many topics of my choosing, one thing I learned was that people of other faiths believe just as strongly in their religion as I once did in mine. As I thought about this, I realized that if I had been born on a different continent, in a different country, or even in a different state, my beliefs would most likely match those of the majority of people around me, my family, my community, etc. I also learned that all religion stems back to the same place, or that each individual belief system is a branch off of one or two major belief systems. This helped me to see that our commonalities are much more prevalent than our differences. Knowing this gave me permission to entertain the idea that there is not one right or true religion. There is no elite group that has all the answers. Ultimately, it's up to each person to choose what they believe and what works for them, and not just blindly accept whatever they were spoon-fed as children. I've learned that most of what we choose to believe is based in emotion, not in logic. 
so it makes sense to me that we should check in with our own intuition rather than relying on only an outside authority as we proceed on our personal faith journeys. Confession number four, I was tired of guilt and shame. Once I became an outsider or an observer of faith, I realized that religions very often use shame and guilt to get people to keep the rules and be good. In order to be what was considered worthy, I had to endure an enormous amount of external as well as internal shaming. What appears on the surface to be a simple teaching on purity can over time morph into negative beliefs about one's own body or toxic thoughts about one's sexuality. This shaming culture is a prominent factor in why so many LGBTQ youth are attempting and in many cases succeeding in taking their own lives rather than face the shame of being seen as different. There is probably a small percentage of people for whom guilt is a positive motivating factor. But once I arrived at a place where that no longer worked for me, and I could see the harm it was doing to so many who sincerely wanted to belong, I knew it was time to let go. Confession number five, my heart said go. It's time to go. It's time to go. I got that message for quite a long time before acting on it because it's just super hard to leave. It's so incredibly hard and painful to separate yourself from a community of people that you love, who have supported you and who know and care about you. I didn't want to hurt anyone, and I knew that by leaving I would. When you say that you no longer believe what you used to believe, it scares people because they are used to the old version of you and they don't want that to change. And so when you shatter that image they had of you, it makes them sad. People just want you to be what you've always been. So it took a few years for me to finally listen to what my heart was telling me. It was time to go. I didn't have any idea where I was going, and I certainly wasn't leaving one religion behind in pursuit of another one. I just knew in my heart that my boat had reached the shore a long time ago and it was time to get out of the boat and continue on my journey. Confession number six. I gave myself permission to not know. At some point on this journey, I let myself entertain the notion that what I believed may not actually be knowledge, but merely a set of beliefs that I had become attached to. And since pretty much everyone around me seemed to believe the same things I did, that set of beliefs worked for me for a long, long time. When I finally gave myself permission to not know, it was frightening, but also liberating. Maybe I didn't actually know anything, and maybe that was okay. Once I realized that I didn't and actually couldn't know everything, I also realized that no one else could either. For most of my life, I had assumed that those in positions of authority over me had full possession of the truth, that they understood how it all worked, and that they would lead me in the right direction. But a few personal experiences taught me that these people, mostly men in my case, didn't have any greater access to the, divi- to the divine than I did, and that I was in fact more capable of answering my spiritual questions for myself than they were. Why should I rely on them or anyone else to feel connected to my higher power or my true source? It just didn't make sense. In his book, A Religion of One's Own, Thomas More states of his own personal spiritual journey, I now believe that it would have been irreligious of me to stay in the church 
instead of following through on my intuition that fate had a different life in store for me. I didn't know what the future would bring. Like stepping off of a cliff, I was going into free fall. I had no assurance that I would find a more meaningful existence, and I didn't have any clues as to what the future could be. I was at the mercy of pure intuition, asking me to surrender. People sometimes turn to formal religion for comfort, but a deep personal religious sense may require the opposite. The capacity to be with uncertainty, to take risks, to ask the most difficult questions, and to avoid the easy answers. Maybe this is the difference between formal religion and the spiritual path you find on your own. With the latter, you allow yourself the pressure of doubt and wonder." End quote. All those years ago, when my friend asked me to suspend my belief and imagine a different spiritual, spiritual reality for even a few moments, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. And I'm sure there was some reason I needed to hold on to my beliefs for so long. For many people, holding to the set of religious beliefs they were born into brings a sense of familiarity and belonging. It's a safe place, and there's no reason to walk away. For others, it may be necessary to leave that path for a period of time and then return to it later on down the road. And for some like me, the path may lead in a totally new and unexpected direction. No matter what direction your spiritual journey takes, or even if you take the journey at all, it is entirely up to you. It might look crazy or even tragic to someone else, but even so, it's a journey worth taking. Hey, that was great. All right, listeners, don't forget to go to our website and vote for this essay. Provide some feedback. And if you've got something you want to say and you can squeeze it in before the end of November, record your own listener essay. Send it to us. We'll post it. Come support us on Patreon. And as always, thanks for listening to Infants on Thrones. Hi, this is Hillary. Matthew, Ryan, Carol, Ashley, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. If you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? Thank you for listening to Infants on Thrones. Infants on Thrones.